Welcome. <laughs> Hello and welcome to RagerPod. This is your host, Patrick Williams. And tonight <laughs> is the 16th of October, 2019, coming to you after just a fantastic <laughs> performance by the Razorbacks last Saturday night. Uh, lots to talk about, I'm sure. Um, just a um, fantastic day all around. We have a uh, full crew tonight. Welcome, everybody. Tom Logan, welcome to you. Uh, show off to a flying start. Welcome, Tom. <laughs> Uh, welcome. Oh, uh, good to be here. Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> uh, Jimmy G, welcome, Jimmy G. I don't know what's going on. You just started talking. I hadn't even gotten on here, and you just started talking. I thought you were joking. So I guess we're doing the show. Yes, sir. Batting fifty percent. Cannot hear. Cannot hear. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Jimmy G. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> Are you being serious, or are you just yeah, saying? That? I'm totally serious. Did he say anything? I can't hear anything. Yes, he said uh, he's ready to go. Well, this That's sounds like it's gonna be a great show. <laughs> <laughs> That's the opposite of what I said. But sure, let's go there. <laughs> okay, we'll just edit this in uh, post production, like we always do. <laughs> Um, all right, uh, Kentucky, Johnny, let's turn to you first and uh, just take it away because there's, there's so much to talk about and so much to, to start with. But why don't you take what was really the worst segment for you? I think Johnny dropped off. Uh, coming back so you can hear Jimmy G. Oh, okay. I'm okay, back. Johnny. Can you we can hear you. Johnny kind of wanted to turn to you first to give us your uh, comments on the worst part of uh, the game on uh, last Saturday night. Wow, where do I start? Um, <coughs> gosh. Well, uh, let me just start with the uh, the obvious. How about that? Um, you know, what does it say about a program when you have a bye week, a bye week, to prepare for a team that is two and three? is playing an emergency quarterback, and you can't stop the run when they decide. And it was obvious in the first five minutes of the game, they were not going to throw the ball 15 times that whole game. They didn't. They threw it 12, had three passing yards in the second half. And we had no chance of stopping it. Didn't look like we had a plan for stopping it. And didn't look like in that bye week we'd even contemplated thinking about a plan to stop it. I don't know if I've ever seen a team as unprepared defensively as I saw in that game. And further, let's move into the other side of the ball. I, I, I read somewhere on maybe on Twitter, is it a clause in, in Morris's contract where he agrees to only get the backup quarterback somewhat prepared and the starter's pretty much on his own? Because we, we can't see we, – we, he's coached, what, 18 games now? Have, have we had – have you felt good about our starting quarterback in any one of those games? I'll go out on the limb and say that the game – the games that we have won, I, I, I don't even – can't even name them. They're so few. I, I, I'll bet you that they've never been won by the guy who started the game. 
because it's just we, we, we look like we are so discombobulated and so poorly prepared and so poorly we have no and, and and has done a horrible job of creating mental toughness on the team, and I'm going to talk about that, foreshadowing a little bit of my rant. Well, I probably can't wait to the rants to talk about that, but you know, going in your post game press conference and saying how fragile your team is, what what in what the hell is going on? What I mean, it's just abject failure on offense, defense. In the locker room, literally the only bright spot, and Jimmy G's can be excited to hear this. The only bright spot I see, special teams, special teams, been been been, been pretty solid this year. Kickoffs have not given up anything huge. Limpert's been pretty good. Punt game's been okay. So special teams domination. So uh, that's all I got, guys. It's just there. There, I, I I'm not seeing any redeeming value or quality of this team. Okay. Uh, Jimmy G, to you next. Um, I believe it was late in the second half when we were watching the game that the Kentucky quarterback, using air quotes, kind of ran around the right side. And really, there was no Razorback in the picture as he did it. And that was, I believe, the moment when we both kind of looked at each other and said, this is not good if we can stop that third and 15. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Give me your your overall thoughts after you've had a couple of days to stew on on the Razorbacks. Um, well, I'll briefly touch on. Um, I think my disdain for special teams is proven that the fact that we're fairly okay in that area and it has no re- relevance at all to us mm-hmm. in losses. So the only time special teams matters is if uh, teams are fairly even and it you can swing something. Now, I probably is a little hard. It's just not the only time it matters. But um, it it just shows you that we're so woeful in the offense-defense category that having good special teams really doesn't do much for us. Um, and my good special teams, and I think Johnny, he didn't say this, but, I mean, we're not, like, you know, beamer balling it back there where <laughs> we're scored. It's just we're not incompetent on special teams. <laughs> which is usually has been the case a lot of times for the Razorback. Um, the rest of it is, you know, again, like the A&M game, regard, I'll get to the big picture stuff in a second, but just like the A&M game, you know, we're up 13 nothing late in the first half, and what do we do? We give a touchdown inside the last minute of the second quarter. And when you're a fragile team, and yeah, you probably shouldn't admit that in post-game press conference, but it is the truth. We're a fragile team. You know, things like that just seem to, and you know, the whole third quarter, I don't know if we were stewing over that touchdown at the end, but we didn't play well in the third quarter. That's when they came back and got the lead, uh, 17-13. And it was, you know, there's no need, and they converted some uh, big third downs on that drive, and you know, I think, was there 50 seconds, 55 seconds when they scored? Um, you just can't do that. You know, the bad teams don't close out halves. They don't close out games. And our close losses, we haven't closed out halves. We haven't closed out games. So, just right there, if you could take those, like, last five minutes of the second quarter, last five minutes of the fourth quarter, where we typically don't do anything and we get outplayed and outcoached and uh, – you know, all the things that lead to winning, you know, instead of 10-4, all of a sudden, 
could easily be four and two. And those, you know, that's the difference between maybe Morris people seeing some improvement and then, or versus people thinking, is it time? Is this really a failed experiment? And maybe it's time for him to move on. And there, there are pros and cons to moving on from Morris after this year. Uh, I'm stunned to say this. I'm not in the camp to think he needs to go at the end of this year, even if we lose the rest of our games. Now, if that happens and I actually see the, the – you know, right now I'm guessing what my feelings would be if we lose the next six games. But if we are 2-10, in 10, reality, maybe I'll feel different. But it's just – we've been so bad since uh, 2012. And, you know, I mean, Bill and I had a couple of mediocre years, which I'm sure people would trade uh, in a heartbeat now for a mediocre eight and five year or seven and six season. Um, and, uh, but I don't think you can make a coaching change right now. It's just, there's too much money. There's too much buyout money with Bill and Morris. There's uh, too much risk of just, you know, other coaches seeing, man, if I struggle for a couple of years, is my career gone? Am I going to go out being a coordinator? Um, so, and we're not going to get anybody big anyway. And I don't think we will, even if he stays another year, but I just think it's not the right time to fire him right now. Um, but maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. But as far as Saturday night, yeah, it was just another long series of or year and a half of frustrations, games that you could win that you don't. And, it's, it's happened time and again over his first uh, 18 games. And it's not a good sign. Um, so that's but let me, let me take you down a walk down memory lane, though. This is, and this is something that I, we, we've, we've mentioned about before. But look in the second seasons of, of some of these, of some of our last couple coaches. You know, with Petrino, if you'll remember, with Nutt, and obviously he started out like a house on fire. Um, and, and it's in his second season, had, a, had an eight and four season, but but it was a little bit quicker start. But but Petrino in his second season, you know, there were clear signs that we were really improving. You know, had a shootout with Georgia early in the season, uh, even though we started out. I want to say we started out like two and four, um, or yeah, two and four, and um, or three and four, whatever doesn't matter. But but but, you, but we were in close games, right? We 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 beat A and M, we 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 beat Auburn, and and even though Alabama handled us, we had a tough break against Florida. You saw improvement; it was obvious. You could watch that game and say, "This team is going in the right direction," even in losses. In in Bielema's second year, it took until the second half of his second season. But the second half of that second season, we had a really good defense and we played we were running the ball well you could see hey maybe this is going to start working i've seen none of that absolutely none of that out of this team not one iota not one hint that this is that there's something to be positive about have y'all if because if you have please point it out to me well We'll turn to our uh, resident optimist, uh, Tom Logan, who <laughs> said, the sad uh, state of affairs. It's time yeah. to talk on the podcast yet. But, and I'm, uh, I'm being serious. What have y'all seen about that has given you any hope? 
Yeah, Tom, you well, can take that one if, you, if yeah. you know of anything. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's pretty bleak. Um, you know, we do have we two we do have two very talented freshman receivers. Um, those guys are legit SEC players and could uh, could win us some games someday if if some of the other things that we've talked about um, you know stopped happening. They they got they've got I think both of those guys at least came in with a winner's mentality, and they're they're making plays at key times. Um, unfortunately, there's there's just two of them. Um, I, I think that that's that's to me that that is the when you look at offense that's the positive um, with Starkle and Hicks. Those guys seem like they're just kind of you know. Just like, just like Johnny said, it's one of them. Whoever doesn't start seems like they play better, which is terrible. And uh, neither of them, frankly, are a guy you look at and think, "Hey, hey, he, we could win some guys behind that, win some games behind that guy." I mean, they're just holding the position essentially. Um, and, and the O line, I will say that the O line seems to have gotten better in the last few games. Um, and, and I, I don't, I don't get the sense and this, this may change the, the real, I mean, the tough thing we're facing right now is, I mean, this isn't, this isn't anything earth shattering. The team has played two very hard. I think they've, they've tried, they've fought hard. They don't know how to win, but they're, they've then they hadn't really been put in good positions, but at least they haven't given up. Well, we're about to go through, a murderer's row of teams that are way, way better than us. <clears throat> and, you know, I'm worried about what we see coming out of that stretch. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, it is, it, it seems, it seems very unlikely that we would make a move for all the reasons Jimmy G said, somehow we paid this guy who, as far as I know, no one else was after uh, enough money to guarantee him a $14 million buyout, which is unbelievable. But I guess there was no, you know, in, I guess in the AD's defense, maybe there was no contemplation of, well, surely he won't be that bad. <laughs> We'd have to fire him after two years. But it's, you know, if we, if we put a couple of two and tens together, you know, I, it's tough for me to think that um, you know that they keep they they keep him around, other than just waiting until he until he loses another game in his third year, cans him and puts an interim in. Uh, yeah, man, you know that, that's probably the more likely scenario. But I just you know the the bright sides, Johnny. To answer your question, I think the the guys are are playing hard still. Um, I think we have at least two talented receivers, and Woods isn't bad. Uh, we need we need for this team to win. We have to have a significant upgrade at O line, at play calling, and quarterback. Probably all three, but at least at one of those in order to win games like like we should have won this past weekend. I read a stat that said we're only four teams have not played a team with a winning record yet. We're one of those teams, and we managed to go two and four. That's amazing. 
Clemson's Clemson, Clemson's one of them, but they're six and zero. Oh. And 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 we went two and four against the absolute easiest part of our schedule. We're gonna. I'm telling you, I cannot believe the Auburn line is only 18 points. I can't. I can't believe it. And that 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 seems like such sucker money to me. I I can't. I, they're gonna beat us like a dog. Well, Tom, you've mentioned a lot of a lot of what's on my mind too. But the one thing you haven't mentioned, and I'll, I'll kind of throw this out there as we segue to talk about Auburn. Um, the recruiting and transfer fallout. I don't remember ever seeing a team lose a game and have like two recruits to publicly decommit and then two guys jump into the transfer portal literally that night. Like it was on Twitter at 10 o'clock after the Kentucky loss that Bush and whoever else were, had gone to the transfer portal. I'm going to me, that's the biggest warning sign or red flag or whatever you want to call it that, that I've seen so far is you got guys leaving the team, you got recruits saying, uh, no thanks, and kind of disintegration in advance of anything. And what I've heard, not that I know anything or have any contacts, but that's what's got folks on the Hill pretty spooked is – it's just gone so far south that he may not be able to turn it around, even though people still think he's a good coach. So real quickly around the horn, just give me your thoughts on that. Jimmy G? Well, I, okay. no. well I don't – I'll just – I'll let Tom go and he can expound more, but it's, I, I said it this summer. And it's this is the thing I thought since – that he promised these guys playing time. He said, y'all are going to come in here. He may not start. He said, likelihood you'll start, but you're going to definitely be playing. And so we got some of these highly recruited guys on the promise of playing time. And then they got up here, and whether they're not ready or uh, they misjudged their ability or they are ready and they're not playing them for some other reason, I don't know. But I, I – suspected from all along that we promised them playing time, along with whatever cash incentives they get. That's, <laughs> so, that's my thought. Well, I, think, I think Jimmy G's right. I think it's the guys like Devin Bush, who were, that's probably our, was our most decorated recruit uh, from last year. Uh, and, and he hasn't even played that I can remember. Forgot he was real, frankly, forgot he was on the team. Uh, and, uh, and I think that he must have thought that he was guaranteed something, which, uh, uh, you know, opens up a whole host of other problems, uh, when you're starting, when you do that and, uh, whether he wasn't good enough or his attitude was, but who knows? I don't know, but here's, here's my thinking about it. I think it's a, it's huge concern. I'm sorry. Uh, so it's 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 a it's a big concern and and dropping them right after a, a tough loss and I mean that old lineman I think had already kind of indicated that he was gonna he was gonna take a visit or two but um, but yeah I mean the the reason why Morris you know Morris came in uh, with the hammer down philosophy and everybody was excited about that well that didn't really pan out in year one. But his recruiting was really solid, and so people were people were excited about that, and I think rightfully so. 
and uh, and now you're in a, you're faced with a situation where you you don't have hammer down and you don't have a ace recruiter. Um, what do you have? And uh, you know, I think that you know he's he's. I don't know what I don't know what the answer there is, um, but I I I would be. I think he's got. I think he has to go out in the off season if he hangs around, um, and he has to go out and make a splashy offensive coordinator hire, um, and and you know get some figure. But it's going to be tough because who wants to come? be the OC for a coach who's literally hanging by a thread. And I think unless he wins, unless he turns this thing around and beats Missouri and Mississippi state or something like that, and beats Western Kentucky and scrapes together five wins. Um, uh, he's, he, it just feels like he's a dead man walking. I think what, uh, Tom made a good point there that I want to expound on a little bit. I, th- I think both of them are right. I think both Jimmy G and Tom are right. I think I think he did probably make promises to a lot of these high recruits. Hey, man, if you're the best player and you're the most talented, you're going to play. It is. It there is no class. You know, it's not a senior gets play. I'm sure all that was said. And I'm not saying that's any different than any other coach. They 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 all say that. And so yeah, I do think that happened. And, and all this hammered down, full tilt boogie. What 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 has 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 Morris really showed you that he is extremely extremely cautious. He he does he is not a, a full tilt boogie. He is not hammered down. He is not left lane. He 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 he's nervous. He's scared. He coaches scared. It's all to me. All that stuff is just bunk, you know. And that's what I think he probably got himself into. He got himself into a situation where he, um, you know, he probably made promises, but doesn't have the guts, the cojones to get to follow through with. Okay. All good thoughts. Um, you know, we're, we're a ways into the podcast. Probably makes sense at this point to hold our Auburn analysis for when we do the picks on Arkansas Auburn. Um, so, uh, I think we'll turn right to our uh, national picks, Jimmy G. <clears throat> okay, um, everybody uh, did well last week. Um, yes. Let's see. Uh, Johnny and myself were five and one. Tom was four and two. Patrick was three and three. But um, the you know the Arkansas Kentucky game uh, could have. I mean, gone either way. A lot of the scores were really close to what that game was going to be. Um, uh, Alabama, everybody was all over that one. Uh, Iowa Penn State it was two-two, and again, that game could have gone uh, either way. Uh, LSU and Florida. Uh, I was the only one that had Florida. LSU uh, it was a close game, but LSU they took over in the fourth quarter. Uh, everybody had OU. They were. Clearly better than Texas. The score was the score ended up being within the spread, but it uh, was not. I think that game was uh, pretty much OU's. And then the sleeper picks. Uh, Tom and I both hit with Tennessee and Temple. 
and Patrick and Johnny lost with uh, Tulsa just got, and I didn't know this till today, matter of fact, <laughs> Tulsa got obliterated by Navy. And then um, Miami took it to Virginia, uh, a game that uh, Patrick and I watched Friday night. So, um, anyway, but a good week for the crew. Uh, I am 30 and 12. Johnny and Patrick are 26 and 16, and Tom is 22 and 20. So, uh, back on, on, back on the good side. Yeah, yeah, that's all good news. Everybody's above 500. So, <laughs> Jimmy, uh, yeah, everybody's in uh, Jimmy G's rearview mirror. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy G like rolling. A, it's like a two week, <laughs> two week lead. He'd have to go over and we for someone to catch him. Yeah, that's possible. So, um, <laughs> uh, it's, this is a really, yeah, uh, kind of a yak schedule this week. There's some okay matchups. But nothing. Uh, game days in uh, <clears throat> is in uh, Happy Valley for the Michigan uh, Penn State game, and uh, that kind of tells you all you need to know. And then uh, the other big matchups: Oregon and uh, Patrick Williams' favorite team, Washington Huskies, uh, in the Pacific Northwest. So we'll start off the the two thirty SEC game is uh, LSU at Mississippi State. Um, so. I tried to find this. See, the ESPN primetime game is Tennessee at Alabama. <laughs> so, uh, a lot of big names with still matchups. So, I went with the early game. Though. I went with Florida uh, after their big game in Death Valley. You know, they really acquitted themselves well. Uh, the final score was a two-touchdown loss, but that game was not a two-touchdown game. Um, it was really a lot closer than that. And then they're going to South Carolina. Who was the big story in college football last week? The Gamecocks upsetting Georgia, twenty to seventeen. Probably the only way South Carolina could pull out one of those games, get a ton of turnovers, and watch Georgia implode. And uh, that's what happened. So they won double overtime when uh, Blankenship uh, missed the field goal. And so uh, here we are, Florida, South Carolina. Uh, Tom, Uh, I'm gonna go with the Gators. Uh, is the is the quarterback for South Carolina back that got hurt uh, in the Georgia game? He's probably. I'm guessing he's not. He was wearing a pretty heavy knee brace at some point during that game. They had their, I think, their third string quarterback in. Is that that guy? That guy was, I think, the original quarterback's out for the season. So anyway, um, it probably wouldn't have mattered with my pick anyway. I agree with. With uh, Jimmy G's analysis, the Gamecocks didn't do much offensively at all against uh, Georgia. Got 10 points and still won in double overtime uh, on the strength of a, of a pick six uh, to, to push it to 17. And Georgia just looked, they just were sleepwalking all that, that whole game. And one, you just can't lose if you're a national title contender. And Florida, you know, they, they kind of – had some growing pains early. They've turned into a solid squad. They've obviously always got lots of talent. I think Mullen does a good job. Um, And I don't see that South Carolina offense being able to move the ball much at all on Florida. Uh, They do have a good solid defense, and they're going to need a lot of turnovers, but I don't think they get it uh, against the Gators. I'm going to go with with Florida 24 to 10. All right. yeah, I, I want to pick South Carolina because I don't, I don't think Florida is going to do much in this game. Uh, that was a really intense game they played on 
Saturday night at LSU. Uh, they went punch for punch with the Gators. It was just, you know, it got it got away from them very, I mean, not just late, very late. Uh, that game was in doubt for the last couple minutes. So, um, I, it's going to be tough to go back on the road. Back-to-back road games are never easy. Um, and South Carolina, yeah, they pulled off an emotional win, but I don't even think South Carolina thought they were going to win that game until they won it. Um, I, I just think Georgia slept walked through that. South Carolina was just doing what they do. It wasn't uh, – I didn't think it – I mean, granted, we weren't totally on top of that game, but, you know, a little bit I saw of it was – it didn't look like it was just a physical bloodbath. Um, so – but I just don't think they have enough offense. And they're probably not going to get that many turnovers two weeks in what in a row. I, I'll take Florida really tight. Uh, I think Florida wakes up in the fourth quarter um, and gets it done in a low scoring game, seventeen to fourteen. Johnny. Yeah, you know it's kind of it can be interesting to see how both teams rebound from a really emotional game. Uh, Florida coming off that, uh, a, a bit of loss. You know, although Tom's right, in the game they acquitted themselves, I thought, very well. And then uh, South Carolina coming off a big win. I think Kalinsky's going to play, uh, but I think it's just a sprain, but he's probably going to be limited. Really agree with a lot of Jimmy G's analysis. Uh, you know, coming off that – well, both teams will have a, you know, some kind of emotional response, maybe you know, inevitable letdown of some kind. But I think Georgia's defense is going to travel just well enough, and their offense is going to do just enough. Um, you know, the Gamecocks, like Jimmy G said, but for three picks by one guy, uh, they're not in that game. They only they they had less than like 280 yards total offense. Really couldn't do much. They they won that game the only way they know how, or the only way they could. So I, I just don't think they they roll those dice and comes up seven two weeks in a row and they get a bunch of turnovers. I think um, Florida plays great defense, shortens the game. Trash makes enough plays, uh, and they kind of just ugly and stink out a win. Uh, final score: Florida twenty-seven to seventeen. Patrick, yeah, I cannot disagree with anything that anybody said. I don't think I think South Carolina is going to have a hard time answering the bell uh, this week. After that, that big game, um, Gators really impressed me. I think they. Uh, They've really got something this year, more so than I thought at any point. Um, so I'm picking Florida. I don't know. Gosh, pretty good. Red five, I think they cover. Um, Florida twenty five, South Carolina fourteen. All right. Um, our listeners are going to love this now. We've got. Uh, our next three national games are going to be uh, – two of them are Pac-12 games because these are the only ranked uh, on ranked games of the week. Uh, there's two Pac-12 games and one Big Ten game. So, we'll start out west uh, or maybe in the Mountain West. Um, Arizona State uh, visiting Utah. Uh, this game is on the Pac-12 networks because for some uh, inane reason – the Pac-12 Network gets second pick of Pac-12 games. So when ABC <laughs> ABC snatched up Oregon and Washington, the Pac-12 Network said, oh, boy, we're getting Arizona State and Utah. So uh, even though only 15 to 20 million homes I read have Pac-12 Network, uh, 
ESPN2 would have taken this game if they had second choice. Um, they, well, they have like 75 or 80 million households, but the Pac-12 Network, they went ahead and snagged it for themselves. So, uh, well played. There's another reason the Pac-12 is really considered Mickey Mouse compared to the other. Yeah, really. So, um, anyway, uh, but honestly, if these are both teams ranked, but I don't think Arizona State and Utah would have fetched uh, used ratings at 2:30 on the ESPN two anyway. But no. Uh, I'll go first. I like Utah. Um, I think Herm Edwards is doing great things at Arizona State. Uh, a pleasant surprise. Um, I, they have got some good wins this year. It, going to Utah is a tough task. Uh, Whittingham and the Utes seem to be one of the uh, best Pac-12 teams year in and year out. Um, last year, uh, went to the Pac-12 championship game. They really play physical football. Uh, it's kind of a different style that's been kind of starting to turn in the Pac-12. A lot more you're seeing a lot more teams uh, get physical. It's not so much the uh, all air raid all the time from these teams. Um, so I like Utah. Uh, Arizona State keeps it close for half, but the Utes ground game and uh, strength up front on both offense and defensive line uh, is different. And Utah wins uh, 20. I'll say a little lower scoring than most people think. Probably 23 to 13. Patrick? Yeah, I, I don't see Arizona State, although I agree with you. I like what they're doing uh, this year. Herm has been a, a pleasant surprise. I don't see them going into Utah and winning. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and pick the Utes. Uh, 28, Arizona State 7. Uh, and I'll be remiss, uh, Utes, a uh, future hog opponent. Um, well, oh, that's right. That's true. So, uh, I guess that's what we forward to in eight, yeah. nine, ten years. Uh, <laughs> we'll be on Johnny. our fourth coach. Yeah, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't fuss with the Utah pick. Um, you know, Jaden Daniels had a, had a great year, young quarterback for Arizona State. Um, but, but Utah, I think, just got the better defense. Uh, Arizona State, I, I guess their best win. They snuck, snuck a few out against Cal, against Cal and then uh, Wazoo last week. Uh, out of biggest out of conference in Michigan State. None of those are things to be ashamed of. But you know, Utah has really been tested. Uh, or you know, they blew out Oregon State last week. Um, I just think they've got the better defense. I think both teams are going to have some success on offense with Daniels. Uh, uh, being very effective and efficient this year for Arizona State. Um, and Tyler Huntley um, playing really well for Utah. I just think the defense uh, of Utah is only giving up about 13 points a game. I think they're the team that's really going to uh, dictate the tempo, control the line of scrimmage, and try to make Utah or Arizona State throw the ball to the young quarterback more and more. Just kind of tilts in their favor in the second half. Utah, final score, 34-21. Tom? Well, if I'm ever going to catch up, I guess I better start doing it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Great. Patrick Patrick Williams loves this move. (laughs) I'm fully endorsed by Williams in in this pick, even though I have absolutely no hope of success. Um, but Arizona State, Herm Edwards, 
got the boys ranked. I mean, that's that's the first time that's probably happened in quite a while. Um, um, maybe even as long as the Razorbacks, probably not. Uh, but um, anyway, uh, I think they they you know Utah has been s- solid and steady this year, not spectacular. So I'm going to go with Arizona State uh, on the road, coming in, putting some points on the board, 30 to 26. All right, uh, let's quickly move on. Um, uh, White out in State College, uh, Michigan coming to town. Uh, I believe this is the ABC game on Saturday night. Uh, man, Michigan, they, they haven't lost since the Wisconsin uh, debacle. Uh, in Madison, but uh, they are venture. They have not really. Uh, they played that dreadful ten three game against uh, Iowa. Then last week against Illinois, mm, big lead. Then uh, Illinois stormed back, got within a field goal, and then uh, Michigan scored a couple late touchdowns to pull that back out by seventeen. Uh, Penn State has really been playing well and they just got through playing in Iowa city one seventeen to 12, um, been a game that was on about the time as the Razorback game. So, uh, got to see as much as possible of that game. Uh, but, uh, Penn state's had a couple of good road wins. So they're battle tested and this gets to the series that has been dominated by the home teams and not just, I mean, not just they've been winning, they've been blowing out by like five or six touchdowns in the last three weeks. Traded home wins and they've been just blowouts for the team that's been at home. So we'll see if that trend changes. Uh, Tom, we'll go back to you. Uh, I'm going to go with Penn State. I just, um, I mean, they're playing at State College. Um, Michigan seems to have settled down a little bit, um, maybe finding a little bit of their groove uh, this year. Uh, Penn State, they're just getting it done. Uh, tough win against Iowa this past week. Uh, went into hostile environment, and uh, it's going to be good, I think, to get get back home for them. And uh, just, I hate, I don't, I don't have enough confidence in Michigan's offense to to go on the road and put up enough points to win um, in, in Happy Valley. So I'm going to go with Penn State, uh, twenty four to twenty one. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick Penn State. I think Tom's being generous to Michigan. Uh, I think this is a, 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 a debacle for the Wolverines. I think their wins over Rutgers and Illinois were just fool's gold. Their win over Iowa was kind of fluky. Uh, I think Penn State wins this easily, 42-6. Uh, Johnny? I, I'm not going to go 42-6, to six, but I like your reasoning. I think – I think Penn State at home is going to be really ready. Does he say this is a wideout? Yes. Oh, you got to love the wideout. At least they know how to do it right. Um, yeah, they do. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I've gotten those. Those have kind of gotten to be a little, a little bit passe. But uh, State College knows how to do the wideout. I, I agree with Jimmy G. I think Penn State's a better team, more explosive, more dynamic. Yeah, Michigan's got a fine defense. I, I think they're just going to struggle to score against a really athletic Penn State team. Um, Nittany Lions get it done at home. They're just they're just better on both sides of the ball, more athletic. Uh, final score, 31-14. Patrick? Yeah, I, I can't. I can't disagree with every, anything that Johnny or Tom say. 
uh, or, or Jimmy G or Johnny say it. Anybody. As far as the score. Well, no, I'm talking about the score because Tom had it close. But oh, yeah. I do not believe Michigan is very good. I just don't. And I think that uh, we're going to see that. And Penn State's pretty good. And they've got some momentum, some mojo now after their win in Kinnick. And I think uh, it's – Michigan's not going to do well in this game. I don't think it's going to be 42-6, but I agree. Maybe a 33-13 to 13 type school. Okay. Um, all right. In our last national game, we're going back to Pac-12. Uh, Oregon at Washington. Um, it's uh, Oregon still got a two-game lead over Washington because Washington has those losses to Stanford and Cal. Um, so even if Washington wins, they're still going to need some help to get back to the North race. But, um, you know, it's a chance for Oregon to kind of stay in the, uh, periphery of the college football playoff discussion because it looks like Oregon and Utah are the only two teams that, uh, from that conference that could potentially be one lost conference champ and maybe get in there if we get an upset or two up above them. Um, so big game for both teams. Uh, should be a wild scene in Seattle, of course, uh, with the game being at 2.30, which I guess is our time, 12.30 local. Maybe it won't be quite as wild a scene. But these are really Oregon-Washington. It's kind of underrated. Uh, I know our crew knows it and probably our listeners too, but kind of underrated nationally as a rivalry. These two programs really don't like each other much. Um, and, you know, bordering states, kind of the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry of the Pacific Northwest. Uh, if you will, uh, maybe that was a little, <laughs> <laughs> little extreme. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Johnny, we'll start with you. I'm sorry, I had to step away. I, which game are we picking? Oregon and Washington. Oh, God, this is a good game. Um, dang, I, I'm gonna go Oregon. Uh, I'm just, I, I thought they've kind of. They've splashed more of their athleticism, I think, that for some somehow in the last couple coaching issues they've had have lost a little bit. Um, Washington, not been super impressed them. They've kind of been a little bit up and down, lost a couple tough games. Um, I'm going to go with the Ducks, final score, 34-27. Tom? Uh, I'm going to go with the home team in this one. Um, I think their backs are up against the wall. Oregon – like Jimmy G said, still has a chance, I guess, if they run the table to still be in the conversation. But I think that's asking a lot. Um, and, uh, uh, and you know, I think Chris Peterson's got a good track record of uh, getting his squads ready for big games. And this is a big game. It's the big, biggest game as uh, he can get in uh, this year for, for, uh, for the Pac-12. So uh, I'm going to go with the home team. It really should be a fun game, uh, one that uh, deserves to be watched. So hopefully we'll be able to watch a few quarters of it. And uh, I'm going to go with uh, Washington 27-24. Okay, yeah, I'm going to take the Huskies as well. Um, I, you know, I think Oregon may be a little bit better. If this was at Oregon or on a neutral field, uh, I'd probably go with the Ducks. Um but at Washington, especially after the overtime, I think it was the overtime they lost uh, in Austin last year. Really, I, mean, I know it was a really close game, uh, kind of a bitter defeat, and these rivals. I think Washington's going to be up for this one, even though they've been inconsistent this year. 
I think this is going to get Washington's best shot, and they're going to need it because Oregon's a good good club, and uh, it's going to be a tight game. Uh, I, similar to Tom and Johnny's score, uh, I'll say Washington uh, 30, Oregon 28. Uh, Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Patrick hey, hey uh, there's, a, there's an old saying in football, at this point in the season – you are what your record says you are. <laughs> Who's got two losses? That's right. Washington Huskies. Mm. Mm. Pretenders. I they, pretenders. They are. They are pretenders. Who's got the two-game lead? The Oregon Ducks. Yeah. Quack, quack, puddles, puddles. I think Oregon wins on the road at Husky Stadium. Take a commanding lead in the Pac-12 North. I think Oregon's your team that you're going to see in Pasadena this year. Oregon 28, Washington 22. All right. Um, so there's our national game. A little underwhelming this week, but trust me, I've looked ahead. Uh, next week, <laughs> uh, for our listeners, uh, next week won't disappoint. Next week is going to be uh, Mammoth Slady game. So, uh, Third Saturday in October. Uh, look forward to that. Uh, is next Saturday the third Saturday in October? I thought this was the third Saturday in October. I honestly don't know. <laughs> well, Tennessee well, and Alabama are playing. So. It's October 19th on Saturday. So, yes, yeah. that would make uh, this the third Saturday in October. Well, there you go. So, um, uh, Johnny, do we need to get you a calendar? Yes, please. Can you give me one? Can you give me one of those calendars you used to get down to your insurance agent that you could hang on the door and it's oh. about, about the size of a sixty-inch TV? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, we, there are some games this week that normally would maybe uh, be big games, but you know, Tennessee is kind of a decade slide, so their third Saturday in October game. With Alabama is not really worthy of national uh, inclusion. So, um, and then Ohio State, the Buckeyes are playing a Friday night game at Northwestern. So, oh. um, <laughs> it's just a weird slate this week. Uh, all right. Well, I think it's time. Well, we didn't do too much of the Auburn preview. Uh, we didn't really need to. I think our listeners know where this is going. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Auburn, Auburn at Arkansas. Uh, I'll start. Uh, I'll be uh, in Fayetteville for the game. Uh, a nice 11 a.m. kick uh, <laughs> for the best. Um, yes. Sweet. Uh, you don't have to worry about that costing the Razorbacks the game, though. Um, like so many, you know, those early games don't have <laughs> no, that. No, that's, that's probably reason number 500 <laughs> that I was right. playing on. Yeah, that's down the list this week. Um, Auburn uh, coming off of bye week. So they didn't play. They had two weeks to get ready. Oh, they need, they needed it. They uh, they are coming off that loss to Florida, where uh, Bo Nix looked uh, like a freshman. No, I mean Florida's defense had a lot of defense. That's a really good defense, but uh, he really was atrocious, especially in the red zone. Um, I don't think that'll be a problem this week. I think that. Um, Malzahn and Auburn, which they've done all season anyway, no secret, they're going to rely heavily on the run game, which against our defense uh, should be. But I'll say this, Nix is not going to be uh, scrambling like the Portland State quarterback or the Kentucky quarterback or the 
uh, any quarterback that is really given a fit. Uh, he's an okay athlete, but that's not Nix's game. But um, I still don't think they're having any problem running the ball. Now, their top running back is out. Um, Whitlow won't be playing Saturday, so that might help a little bit. Um, I, I just, it's a hard division, Arkansas. Uh, being able to hang in there for four quarters, though, with that running game. Uh, I do think the Hogs come out and play well in the first half. I think that, um, as Tom has mentioned, that this team is playing hard. I think that uh, – I honestly don't know. if They, they said the quarterbacks were splitting reps. I assume Hicks is going to start. Um, but, you know, that, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Um, it's just – it, it's a tough ask, and I think Arkansas will uh, play their guts, guts out. Um, I do miss – we talk about uh, – Bumper Pool was outstanding Saturday night. Um, you know, name and all that stuff aside, especially uh, in that second and third quarter. I mean, I believe that a couple drives in the second quarter, I mean, he made like every play. Yeah. Uh, so – um, maybe it was in the third quarter. Um, I can't remember which. Uh, but I know there was one drive where they ended up uh, – I know it was the drive where they got the pass interference on fourth down where they went for it because they didn't really want to kick a 50-something yarder. They got the pass interference in the end zone. But, I mean, he made like three or four tackles in a row. He deflected a pass. Uh, so, yeah, that's a, that's a positive. Um, but I think it's close until the third quarter. But then, you know, the Hawks just get worn out. Uh, I'll, I'll go Auburn. Uh, 38, Arkansas, 17. Patrick? Yeah, there is just, I mean, the line's 18, you know, is that low? Is that the SEC mandated? Hey, we're not having anybody with more than 18. I think Tennessee maybe is a nice. Alabama's favored by like 35. No, I thought, I, wow. So, hey, well, I mean, take the mortgage, take the note, <laughs> and bet it on Auburn, in my opinion. I think they're going to kick the dog out of us. Uh, 42 to 10. Tom? Well, uh, Auburn is the pick here, clearly. Um, and uh, it really is just a matter of score. You know, part of me thinks that we may come out uh, and kind of slow them down on on uh, their run game down a little bit. Maybe Nick's still, you know, really suffering from that uh, poor performance against Florida. Um, but, you know, it's just their defense is so good that it's just hard for us, hard for me to imagine – us capitalizing on on anything that we get from the defense, and uh, I, you know they Auburn. It's it's kind of I don't know what to expect from them. Um, are they are they going to be a little flat coming into Fayetteville to face a you know bottom dweller like Arkansas after after a week off, or are they going to be you know chomping at the bit to uh, get that bad Florida taste out of their mouth? Uh, I do think by the second half, whatever Auburn team shows up, they're going to be focused and ready to roll. And, and I think they're going to score a whole bunch of points, uh, probably beginning in the second quarter and 
never really stopping. Um, I'm going to go with Auburn 48 to – oh, we may, we may score, uh, I'd say, 17. Okay. Um, Johnny, I'll be honest. Uh, sponsors were bailing, like recruits and uh, <laughs> we really had a tough time rounding something up. So I actually had to pay uh, a company. So I paid Jimmy John's because I figured they'll be doing a lot of those deliveries oh. to the parking deck and the scholarship lots with people bailing at halftime. So they'll be getting those, those really uh, those awful cold sandwiches delivered to their cars for the <laughs> quick drive home. So Jimmy John's <laughs> and I had to pay them. So I hope that, uh, it, some other of our friends maybe contacted you because I had a tough time with sponsors. Love Jimmy John's. Love a good Jimmy John's. If y'all might have heard me uh, partaking a little something earlier about a few minutes ago during some of the picks. Uh, talking about the Ragebacks always gives me indigestion, so I had to go and shake out about seven or eight tums. Maybe we can talk. Maybe we can. Maybe we can talk. Maybe we can talk tums into becoming a sponsor because. You know, this year just giving me heartburn left and right. Uh, <laughs> I, I got a bad – we're a bad team. I've got a bad feeling about this weekend. Um, I just don't see this being a close game at in any way, shape, or form. Um, there were a couple play calls that should have you – know, I think it was mentioned earlier, but anything outside the tackles that Kentucky ran against us – was extremely successful. What does Auburn do really well? Attack, <laughs> attack the edges. Um, I think they're going to run tons of outside zone. I think they're going to run tons of those jet sweeps. I think they're going to run tons of motion and little push passes. I mean, they're going to attack us outside our the, the tackle box. And I just, I mean, I think we know what's going to happen. So, and on defense, uh, or on uh, us on offense, we're not going to run against Auburn. We're, mm. we're, we're not going to run against that front. We're just not. And so it makes us one-dimensional. Uh, and I'm sure our backup quarterback will play gangbusters in the quarter he gets in, but I think that our starter is going to suck, whoever it is. That's kind of been the pattern. So I think Auburn's going to make us one-dimensional. I think they're going to um, – Make us throw the ball, get after our quarterback, and it's going to get ugly. I, I, I don't even see this being competitive in the second half. I think Auburn runs away and hides. Final score: forty-five to ten. Woo. Um, wow. Yeah, that's the thing that I'm glad you touched on it because I was going to bring it back up. We hadn't really talked about Auburn's defense, and man, that I know from watching the A and M game. And even the Florida game, that defensive line is scary. <laughs> we're not running. We're not running on them. And, uh, and plus, Boyd's a little banged up. His shoulder was in a wrap. It, 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 he he gutted it out and played, but it was clear he was favoring it. He wasn't playing with the abandon that he had. And I'm, you know, it's hard too when you're when you're hurt. He had that thing all wrapped up in about a mile of gauze pads. And you know, I, I, without him, we are not an explosive running team. And we are too easy to defend running the ball. I, I think they are going to stone us at the line of scrimmage, make us throw the ball, and it's going to get ugly. Okay. And well, luckily, um, and luckily, we got Bama next week. 
<laughs> in prime time. Yes. Oh, for some gosh. reason, for some reason, that game's in prime time. <laughs> oh, uh, fortunately, uh, as I hinted, the slate of games is a monster slate next Saturday. No one's going to be watching us in Alabama. No. So, <laughs> I, 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 I won't. I won't be watching us in Alabama. So we don't need to worry about that. Um, all right, let's get. The, you know, really weird. There wasn't a lot of sleeper games either. Um, I and I'll, I'm sure our listeners. Uh, they're not listening right now because it's not posted yet. But they're probably watching the fun belt right now, just as we are. Uh, we got South Alabama and Troy tonight. Um, it's and it's a rivalry game. They, it's the Battle of the Belt. I didn't know that's what it was, but they've been talking about this belt that they're battling for. And uh, South Alabama's quarterback is named Cephas. Oh, so, yeah. oh, yeah. Bo Cephas. Yeah, it's spelled C E P H U S. Cephas Johnson. Um, he's from the Gulf Coast in Alabama. At least that's what EDSBS said on Twitter. So I'll take his word for it. Um, all right. So now that we've gotten a little fun belt action, and I think our friends uh, from the northeast part of the state, uh, the Red Wolves, they play tomorrow night, Thursday night game, uh, against uh, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Or, as most people know them, Louisiana Lafayette. So uh, <laughs> good luck to the Red Wolves. Um, what are they listed at in the uh, Dim Gas today? Louisiana Lafayette. No, don't ever change. <laughs> Don't ever, don't ever change, damn guys. I know you're upgrading. To, you're doing away with the print edition, but don't ever change. <laughs> Keep, yeah. hey, so, they're, they're still Southwest Louisiana to me. Mm. Oh, good. good. Yeah, with the redheaded basketball coach, whatever you <laughs> the young uprising. Uh, anyway, all right, let's go to let's, the sleeper game. Um, somebody jump in. Not all at once, though. Yeah, <laughs> having a hard time. It's just bad news yeah, I'm, I'm out there, a... man. I got one. well. Okay, go, go ahead. Man. Okay, no, I'll, I, I'll, I'll... I got <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Great. I'm not picking now, Johnny. Go ahead. Okay, I, I'm going to take a little bit of a flyer. It, it's it, sometimes you when you're undefeated, you get a little soft. You start reading your press clippings. Sometimes you might think you're better than you are. SMU's got Temple coming to town. I think I believe Temple's five and one. Got some pretty big upsets this year. Look out down in Highland Park. I think they're on upset alert. Seven and a half point favorites. Temple Owls coming to town. The Fighting Friend Dunphys are going to get it done in Highland Park. Knock off the ponies and end their quest for an undefeated season. Uh, but that's okay. There'll still be Porsches and cocaine in the parking lot. Um, <laughs> go Owls. Final score, 30-28. All right. Patrick, Tom. I'm going to go to uh, – yeah, <laughs> I'm going I'm, I'm to go to uh, – to the northeast part of the state, I uh, I'm going to take uh, our friends the Red Wolves against the Raging Cajuns, a six point home underdog to the Cajuns coming to town. Always a traditional rivalry, Arkansas State, Southwest Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette, Louisiana. Through the years, they've had different mascots, had different names of their universities, but one thing has been consistent. They've always uh, they they've usually had uh, a good uh, strong competitive uh, football or basketball whatever they may be playing. So uh, Arkansas State back home, um, feeling maybe a little bit 
like they were a little homesick. I think they're going to come out ready to play against Louisiana Lafayette and uh, and put some points on the board uh, and win the game. Should be a fun one to watch tomorrow night. Uh, I'm going to go with Arkansas State 42 to 35. Okay, and I don't want to – I'll put the caveat out there that if this person is – special needs or something. I'm not trying to make fun of but there's somebody lined up behind the goalpost at this Louisiana I mean the South Alabama Troy game wearing one of those sumo fat suits. (laughs) (laughs) Sumo suits. So I don't know what that's all about, but they're just behind the goalpost at one of the ends and I just noticed them. So um I hope I'm not making fun of somebody that's like has to wear that for medical reasons. Though I can't imagine why that would be the case. But <laughs> he didn't get a new doctor. Yeah. <laughs> hey, when it's the battle of the belt, though, when your team's involved, you got to put the fat sumo suit on and get behind the goalpost. So, uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Face. Johnson. My my best my best treatment plan is a fat sumo suit. You never it, you never know in what, public. You never in know the what heat. Fun belt is going to bring you. But, That's uh, true. So, uh, all right, Patrick. Sleep when, when, when does when does action start? I'm ready for some action. That's not till November. You got to uh, wait till it's rainy mm, and twenty cold, degrees, flurry. Yeah. The I crowds love, are about the size of Razorback Stadium crowd. <laughs> I uh, love Wednesday night action. <laughs> I like some fun belt too. Don't get me wrong. All right, Patrick. Sleepy game. Uh, got one, but if you if you want to jump in, you always seem to get the shaft and have to go last. So. No, no, that's I always pick out like five games that I can go to in case, and none of mine again have been picked, so I've got plenty to pick from. Okay, well, I'm going to Stillwater, where the Baylor Bears come a calling to Pistol mm. Pete's home, and uh, Oak State's four point dogs or four point faves at home, so I'm going with Baylor. And uh, Baylor having a great season so far, exceeding expectations, kind of pulling out miracle wins, uh, one right after another, needed some shenanigans to beat T-Tech in uh, the uh, weird game last week. So uh, I'm going with Baylor to go in and pull the upset. Again, Baylor just beat T-Tech, and guess who laid the wood to Oak State two weeks ago? T-Tech. So – you know, somebody knows something there, and I'm That's going. Good analysis. I'm going Baylor, uh, twenty nine to Oak State twenty eight. All right, um, and yeah, it. There's two people in the sumo fat seat because I saw them just kicking a field goal, and I saw them. There are two people standing right behind the goalpost in the sumo fat seat. So, yeah. well, good news, Jimmy G, is that the odds are pretty good. They're not two people with special needs that are dressed well, up in fat seat. Doctor's orders. <laughs> well, <laughs> but um, okay, I'm a service dog. Well, all of my games are uh, at my disposal. Um, you know what? And who I thought about the I was leaning towards going with Syracuse at the Carrier Dome against Pitt because um, I, you know, I didn't feel I thought Pearl Washington and Ronnie Sockley and those guys <laughs> could. I mean, Jerome Lane's not walking through that door. So Jerry McNamara uh, is he there? Stephen uh, Door, our good friend Eric Stephen Door, uh, Howard Trish. Yeah, the tattooed oh. one. Um, yeah, then you know it's it would be great, Sherman Douglas. Um, but I'm I'm going 
I want to have some action Sunday. So I'm going to Whoa. the Big Island. I'm going Whoa. to Hawaii. Probably midnight, our time kick. Um, <laughs> uh, the Air Force Academy is visiting. Hawaii, three-point uh, home. You're dog. allowed to pick this game on one condition, that you stay up and watch the whole thing. They're showing the guys in the fat suits. There's a, one's blue and one's red. I guess this is part of the battle for the belt. Uh, I don't have volume. The interviewer is about to, the lady, the sideline reporter is about to talk to him. This is riveting. Our podcast is loving it. And there's a gremlin and a hamburger in it. They're literally the gremlin and hamburger in the background. What's going on here? What the hell is going on in Troy? I mean, I'm not on drugs, but I'm wondering if the people there are on something. It's, it's, anyway, but I'm going out to Hawaii. Patrick, you know I'll be up. You know. Yeah, I, you may. Oh. Yeah, casino uh, in Oakland. By, uh, well, I'll be well. Hey, Fable Games at eleven. To be over. I'll be out of there by at least one. So <laughs> plenty of time to yeah. get to Oakland for Hawaii. Yeah, Twelve hours before that game kicks off. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's a long time. Uh, I could maybe get to Hawaii in time for that game. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I, I like what Rolovich is doing at Hawaii. Uh, they've got a good thing going. They. You know, they went over to Boise. They they got beat, but I mean, they weren't uh, out. They weren't totally outclassed. It was a, a ball game for a while. Um, they've got a couple of good wins this year, so uh, they beat two Pac-12 teams: uh, Arizona and uh, Oregon State. Not exactly the top of the Pac-12, but you know, that's still uh, two more Pac-12 wins than. Uh, well, wait, UCLA's got one Pac-12 win, so never mind. Uh, anyway. Uh, Hawaii over uh, Air Force, and you know what? If it was Navy, I'd be fine with it because you know it's in an island, maybe. But the Air Force, I don't know how they're gonna uh, travel over there. I mean, I guess they can fly, but um, <laughs> <laughs> the do you think they're Do you think they're gonna take a canoe? I mean, how do you think they're gonna get to the big oh, destroyer? It's, hey, look, if you just had the hamburger and the grimace flash up on your TV unexpectedly, uh, two things that I haven't seen in a long I've time. Got, I've got to admit, I've been watching this game, and I have not seen what the hell Jimmy G's talking about. <laughs> Maybe Jimmy G's on drugs. They just li- showed all four of those things. Are you, are you on like a 40-second delay that I'm flipping? <laughs> I, I do not see the fat suit guy. They just closed up. They just closed up them when they came back from commercial. The sideline reporter was talking to them. So. Okay, I guess I got to stop flipping channels. So, uh, anyhow, uh, Hawaii forty-one, Air Force twenty-seven, and uh, I'm sorry, mercifully, Patrick, the pig segment is over. All right. Well, uh, rousing fun as always in the pig segment. Um, Tom Logan, we have mail. We sure do. Uh, uh, Patrick, we've got a, a nice mailbag um, from our loyal listeners who have not let go of the rope. Our uh, our friend uh, Tracy in Tulsa wrote in, uh, in, you know, talking about the Starkle Hicks um, debate. And his question is, why bother with a quarterback? Uh, Kentucky didn't need one, and he then he thought maybe we could use Devin Bush in that role, but then, uh, well, well, I guess not since Devin is uh, transferred away. <laughs> uh, tough break there for for Chad uh, Morris and the uh, 
in the offense of the hammer down crew. Um, our, uh, our friend, um, our friend Ken wrote in he's his email is he's got a sponsorship apparently for his email. Uh, Ken does. He's KTEL Records is uh, sponsoring. Uh, <laughs> I Ken's, love Ken's love a good email. love a good KTEL mixtape. That is awesome. <laughs> so so anyway, Ken. I mean, it's really good that our listeners are going out and uh, beating the bushes, as it were, uh, trying to uh, drum up some support. Uh, and of course, thank you to KTEL for uh, for sticking sticking with Ken uh, in these uh, low days of Razorback Sportsdom. Uh, and Ken notes kind of what uh, what we talked about is that we're the Kentucky offense basically had had three main plays: uh, the speed option, the quick pitch, and the zone read, and would throw in an occasional fade pass, and that was enough to mow down the field. After essentially the first quarter was over, they their their offense was tough to tough for the D to stop. Oh, totally flummoxed um, us. So. Uh, Anyway, uh, and, and Ken also he he notes what Johnny said earlier. Is there is there a clause? Maybe this is where Johnny got it. Is there a clause in uh, Chad Morris's contract that only allows him to ensure the backup quarterback is prepared and ready? I get uh, all my good material from Ken. <laughs> well, that's why KTEL sponsors him. That's why you uh, guys have all the sponsors. That's mm-hmm. right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, um. He notes that he personally did not uh, watch the Jack Crow-led teams, but uh, even taking them, these those into account, this Razorback team may be uh, at the bottom rung. And uh, I think Jack Jack at least had his second year was actually not awful. Um, but as as our as our friend Jim Harris wrote about the Jack Crow Chad Morris comparison. Uh, this week on Sporting Life, which I would recommend to any Hog fan. It's a good read. Uh, our friend, uh, our friend Jay, who, as you may remember, he was uh, he was Hog Wild Jay at the beginning of the year, and then he he elected to choose to Coog Wild Jay, and then the Cougs immediately went into the toilet, uh, and uh, and then. Uh, he switched, I think, uh, in a, in a move that really smacked of desperation to catch Wild <laughs> Jay uh, last week before the Kentucky game, and unfortunately, uh, it did not carry the day. Uh, although he appreciated the effort, um, uh, he, he thinks that Chad Morris may have a new book coming out. Uh, the only twenty yards away, <laughs> how to reevaluate, adjust, and game plan for success on and off the field. The Chad Morris story. That's uh, <laughs> that's what he's that's what he's thinking. It's sure power bestseller, uh, and I know that of course. Uh, oh, and he also says, uh, Johnny. I know you'll be happy to hear this that uh, he's going to get uh, a autographed uh, copy of that book for Johnny Fayetteville for Christmas. Oh. So I know you'll be looking forward to that. And and also good to have Hogwild Jay back. He's given up completely on the year apparently, and now he's back to Hogwild Jay. That's I love it. Uh, so I'm happy. Really happy looking forward to, to getting that. Really getting forward to get. Looking forward to getting that book so I can have something to start a fire with. <laughs> it be a page turner. Book or like a novel. I, I think I'm not sure it actually has any like inners. Like there's no writing inside of it. It's like, a, it's like it's like it's like a scroll. <laughs> All right. Um, and our friend, uh, Friday night guy, 
Um, wanted to first thank the the pod crew for the meet and greet that was hosted at Oakland Sportsbook Saturday. And longtime listener, like Friday night guy, was thrilled to have the opportunity to meet uh, host celebrity yeah. host and radio uh, Central Arkansas radio legend Patrick Williams and fellow uh, Sooner fan Jimmy G. So uh, I'm sure that that was a uh, a real moment for Friday night guy. Yeah, uh, Friday night. Friday night guy uh, walked away with uh, incredible profits. Oh, uh, did so he? So I think uh, next week maybe the sponsor of the Razorback pick against Alabama should be Friday night guy because he <laughs> certainly had uh, cleaned Mr. Sella out of uh, several tens of dollars by the time we arrived uh, on uh, Saturday morning. He was up big when we got there, and it wasn't even game day was still going strong. Uh, he had so much action, he was even uh, cashing NFL tickets on Sunday. So, oh, my. Uh, wow. Yes. Oh, and I, right. I'd also be remiss, our uh, uh, you know, our friend Statboy that went to York, Tennessee, uh, his contemporary, who will just say as a JB, uh, JB <laughs> had placed uh, four wagers and hit all four. Wow. And, uh, I uh, on three college games and one NFL game. So, uh, big ups to him. And then, uh, Uncle Rico and myself, uh, paired up. Uh, we ended up, uh, up about, uh, I'd say about 10% up. And then, uh, we would have been more up if I would gotten that two point conversion, though. That was a mm. killer blow. Uh, brutal. But, and then I'm not sure where Patrick Williams ended up. I know he was cashing and losing, uh, probably about like Rico and myself, about 50-50, right, Patrick? Yeah, down down a touch, uh, just because of the the money line Razorbacks bet was <laughs> came oh, back to bite me. Yeah. Oddly yeah. enough, <laughs> that, <laughs> didn't work that's out. Never, that's strange. never a good bet. Very strange. Um, you know, you not covering kind of hurt a little bit. So, yeah, Jimmy G G went with uh, Texas in the spread on that one. So, uh, good time was had, though. And and the little digression here, since that was the last mail, that, uh, you know, the Oakland Sportsbook is is better than advertised and really a fantastic experience. If you do like uh, investing in uh, sporting events, uh, can't say enough good things about the setup there and the mechanism by which they will take your money. Um, just, just really a good day all around, and uh, I like what they've done there. It, it was a pleasant, pleasant day. Second, that was it was really not, and you know, I was had heard it was a little small, and I didn't know what to expect. But you know, when you saw the setup, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like going to Caesar's Palace in Vegas or something or the MGM Sportsbook, but really, really good setup. Um, and I'm sure over time they'll add more seating to it. Um, but when we got there in time for the 11 a.m. game, since that was OU Texas, there was still, you know, not too hard to find a seat in the sports book. Yeah. All right, Tom, is that the end of the mailbag? Uh, yes, that's it. Uh, Friday night guy also, Mitch, I do want to mention a couple of things he pointed out, which – Number one, he agrees with Jimmy G. Essentially, he thinks Chad Morris gets three years, if nothing else, to to not scare off future coaching prospects. Um, I think we talked, we touched on that, and and he, he points out what I think, uh, what I think everybody's kind of looking at now, which is Western Kentucky and Ty Story. You know, Friday night guy and Ty Story 
three and zero since uh, since Ty became the starting quarterback, and uh, that'll be some kind of scene if uh, if the still SEC winless Hogs, which I'm sure that will be the truth, face uh, a hometown return of Ty Story and a Western Kentucky team that uh, has some momentum. Uh, could be a, a tough night for Chad. Uh, just a quick cut in, I'm, and I'm sure that's true. Uh, the the mayhem parking cars in his yard commercials on right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, good times. But that's the end of the mailbag. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. Uh, does anybody have a rant? We've we've sort of we've had some really good rants the last couple of weeks, so wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if. We're rantless. Um, I don't really have anything. Like I said, just I've uh, already uh, done it. But just a quick shout out to Oakland. Again, it's a good setup. If you get the chance to go, highly recommend it. Go ahead, John. I'll, I'll just reiterate what my my pseudo rant earlier about Morris. You know, in his post game about, about the fragile team. Maybe that's all true. God, that sounded so terrible. I mean, that sounded. I mean, let's not even for, not even dwell on the fact that that's your job. That that's I, I can't I can't understate I can't overstate rather how much a, a coaching staff putting a, a, a never say die and a, and a toughness in their team. How that's like the most important job you have as a coach. I mean, what he he would have been better. He, he basically went to the podium and said. I'm not getting it done. My, I'm not, I suck at my job because he can't get. The, you cannot go to the podium and say this team is fragile. They're everyone's in there in tears and, and they're just a mess. I mean, it just it sounded terrible. It, I, even if it's true, you can't say that. I, you just you just can't. Um, didn't didn't like that at all. I really didn't. And I hearken back to the time when we played Mississippi State. Uh, or LSU uh, in 2011, or two, yeah, 2011, probably uh, bought Petrino's last regular season game. It was the weekend after Garrett Ekman had uh, uh, tragically passed away uh, in his sleep. And we had uh, gotten interviewed um, as he was running off the field at halftime and said about it, and the, the interviewer asked about Coach wanted to talk about your fragile team, and he looked at her and said, he, 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 he didn't get to say the four-letter word he wanted to. He's like, we're not fragile. He, and he just kind of uh, curled up his nose at her and just let her have it. We're not fragile. We're tough. We're going to win this game. Now, we didn't obviously win that game, but I don't know. I just thought it was quite a, quite a, a dichotomy there between one coach, I guess, looking for sympathy, I felt, or empathy, because his team is so fragile, and and Boyd, you know, it's really tough on them. And then another coach being offended that that would even be proposed or even uh, proffered. So I don't know. Just just it just climbed all over me, rubbed me the wrong way. And I, I just harkened back to that other interview when another coach got a similar question, and he just wasn't having it. Uh, and I think the reason is because that other coach had done a decent job of making his team mentally tough and one hasn't. Yeah. Uh, good points. 
as always, um, you know, it's just, uh, it, it's kind of a symptom of, hey, we might be done here, you know, if, if we're not careful. That wouldn't surprise anybody. I mean, let me ask that question. You, you, you raise a really good point, and that, and I was I meant to ask that earlier. I'm glad you brought that up. What, what reading between the, the the lines, reading the tea leaves of that staff? What are y'all are y'all seeing that they 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 see something spinning out of their control? What do you think? Uh, They've yeah. never had control. Well, <laughs> I I think it is. I think uh, they're preparing for whatever the excuse is going to be when, when it doesn't work. So that's just my personal opinion. I think that's, that's kind of what's going on behind the scenes. I think they've got to have a, a setup for the why. And, and that's what we're, what we're dealing with. And I hate it, but you know, it is what it is. That's about the most pathetic thing. And I think you're absolutely right. It, yeah. It's I hate, I hate it's just my thing is it's not some I mean, yeah, I mean you can right now it's Morris at the helm and it's you know, bad coordinator hires, it's players transferring, it's recruits decommitting, it's but it's just it's it's what's happened over you know, in the last six, seven years that have gotten Arkansas football to this you know, dreadfully low point. And it's. I think everyone's just frustrated. They're upset. They're. No one has answers. That's the. No one seems like they have answers as to what can fix this. So it's just everything seems like you're just putting the, the gum in the dam. You know, it's like what, like you're trying to plug a hole here. You're trying to plug a hole there. You're trying to. It, it's just. It adds up, and it's just. It's just frustration for everybody involved, and it's like, and the fans are you know, bottom of the rung as far as like having been able to control any of this. Uh, not, I don't think U of A thinks they're fan, little of their fans. I, when I hear that, I don't agree with it, but what I, I mean, bottom of the rung, as far as we don't have any control over what's happening, unless you're, you know, one of the big boosters that maybe could get the bag, the cash out. But um, it's just, I don't know. It's just frustrating to be here. And, and, and like we looked at our schedule, I think who uh, Tom and Johnny mentioned earlier. Now we get to the tough part of our schedule. And it's just not going to get any better anytime soon. I, I, the only person who could, who could, I mean, the only hope we have is Saban. So let's see, I don't think Saban can keep the score down. I, I, I don't think he can. I mean, they can, I mean, they can, we have the next to last rushing defense in the league. These next two teams are going to run it down our throats. They're not going to take a knee in this third quarter. They're not. I just we got. I don't think we have any chance in the world of slowing either one of these two teams down from scoring. None, zero. All right. Well, enough pain for tonight. Let's uh, <laughs> pass the whiskey. Call, yeah. <laughs> let's call it quits. Uh, unless anyone has any final thoughts. All right. Well, hearing none, we'll sign off and say bring uh, back, bring back, bring back Bobby. Uh, we'll say thank you for joining us and uh, appreciate the thoughts. We'll be back to you next week and uh, with a recap of the Auburn game. Thanks for joining us. Good night.
Okay. Yes. All right. Good night. Uh, see y'all.